We have a split sermon brought to us today by Mr. David Hope, entitled, Just a Heads Up Reminder. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you. I don't know what I mean when your coat won't stay buckled or buttoned. I don't have a button. Maybe I need a buckle, a belt around it. Good to be here. Good to, good to see so many wonderful smiling faces today. You know, we all have, I guess, our favorite type of messages to give and what I'm giving today, I don't mean to put it in a negative way. It's not necessarily one of the things that I uh, do a whole lot of, world conditions and prophecy and things of that nature. I don't, I don't get into that very often, although it's always on my mind. But uh, I read, got some material uh, just recently from uh, some of you know Mr. Stephen LeBlanc with uh, what is World Watch today has a radio broadcast on Sundays, and, and uh, the majority of his radio uh, messages and uh, even his Bible studies, he, he lives in California, but he comes to Oklahoma once every, I don't know, four or five, six weeks or so, and uh, they have public meetings, you know, they invite the public, which is great, and most of his meetings when he has that is uh, on prophecy, uh, on, you know, repentance, things of this nature, and, and uh, but he I got an article this week, I guess it was this week, early this week or late last week. Uh, and I guess it's a war, uh, weekly uh, newsletter type thing, and and I'm going to speak a little bit from it, and just basically just a heads up things that you know we some things we've known for a long time, but just kind of keep us aware of, of a little bit of what's going on, and. Uh, the, uh, there were a number of other articles, I mean, uh, yeah, subjects in that that I uh, didn't print, I'm not going to talk about, and I hope I uh, get into this here pretty soon. Um, let me catch up with myself. Uh, most of us, you know, that have, uh, older people that have been around the church for, you know, a long time, uh, I look around, I see, you know, spattered around here, uh, a lot of older people. Uh, you know, we have a lot of these things firmly in our mind, and I'm sure a lot of you other people do too. Uh, you know, things from Matthew 24, we can quote a lot of those things, you know, even without looking at the Bible, and we can tell instantly that, well, they're taking that out of context, or that's not the King James Version or something, you know, and uh, Luke 21, you know. But the essence is watch, you know, be ready and all that and all the things. And I'm not going to do get into that so much as I am some of the content of what we're watching and what we're seeing or what uh, Mr. LeBanc is seeing and what he is telling uh, the people. And, and if you listen to his last, I believe last Sunday's broadcast, I don't know how many of you actually listened to it, but uh, what I'm saying is almost verbatim, I mean, except when I, di I digress and go into it, but uh, most of what I'm saying is in that radio broadcast that was going out to, uh, I don't know how many thousands, hopefully, in, in America. But anyway, I'm going to start, I'm going to read some and comment on them too. And uh, the title of this is uh, California Drought, larger letters, or large letters, worst in 150 years. And we know how bad our drought's been, how bad some others, and I'm going to do some... Uh, 
verbatim reading. If I forget the quote, you know, forgive me because I'm not real, real good at literacy like that. But anyway, here's starting off says, for California, 2013 was the driest year since the state started measuring rainfall in 1849. 1849 was the driest year. The effects of the drought are so severe that they can even be seen from space. And I know we can see in driving, going in airplanes over Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma has these little mud puddles, you know, it looks like up there, cow pond by the thousands. Uh, last time I went on a plane, probably a couple of years ago, you didn't see that sparkle like you did. <laughs> and we drive through, you know, Oklahoma, and, and, and you just see cow ponds almost dry. Some of them totally dry. But this is California we're talking about. It says, we are on the track of having the worst drought in 500 years. B. Lynn Ingram, a professor of Earth and Planetary Services at the University of California, Berkeley, told the New York Times, the drought will impact 25 million people, including farmers who control over one million acres of prime farmland. Also keep in mind, California gets 15% of its electricity from hydro, you know, from water power. The drought has brought water levels to unprecedented lows, and we've seen many, many uh, news, uh, national news uh, broadcasts about how low they've even had to go in and, dr and put their, their bobbers, I mean, their suction things, you know, way out in the water because the water's gone down beyond a lot of them. He's saying here, we should not be ignorant of the ways in which God works. God often withholds rain upon a people who continue to sin against him. Is the prolonged lack of rain in California just blind coincidence? Or is it godly anger with us as a people? So you can answer that yourself, however you want to. Drought, followed by famine, is one of the consequences of national disobedience. And how many times have we heard that? How many times have our ministers preached that? How many of our booklets and articles say those things? Our national sins do not go unnoticed by God, says Mr. LeBlanc. God makes this clear to Solomon, and the same applies today, since God has not changed, changed in terms of what he hates and how he punishes nations. And he just quotes, uh, or, or puts down Malachi 3.6, and we're not going to there. Uh, I'll, I'll read here from Second uh, Chronicles. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this people, or the, I'm sorry, chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifices. When I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence upon my, among my people, would God dare do that? Well, he says he does. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their lands. 
like I said, that's Second Chronicles 7, 12 through thir or 14. Uh, you know, we heard a few years back, uh, just right after the 9-11 bombing of the World Trade Centers, and even from our own Congress, you know, uh, a gentleman, I don't remember who it is now, you may, but uh, he even spoke on, on, you know, from the Senate or Congress floor, that same thing. I don't remember offhand now, it's been so long, uh, whether he actually quoted the whole thing or not. I know he read some, and I don't know if he, you know, skipped some of the stuff, says, if they turn from their wicked ways, if they, but I did hear this of humble themselves, but I don't, I don't know whether the gentleman said they turn from their wicked ways. All you have to do is pray, you know, and I'll forgive you. Uh, if, if he didn't say that. So anyway, but that, that's the scripture of God. Uh, rain in due season is a blessing from God, but lack of rain can definitely be a sign of God's anger. And here's another caption, larger captions. Most prolific growing area in the world in trouble. Think about that. California's massive central valley which is a composite of two valleys, the San Joaquin to the south and the Sacramento to the north, is about 450 miles long from Bakersfield up to Redding and is 64 miles at its widest. Earth's most prolific valley contains the world's largest expanse of class one soil some of which, or some of the most productive soil in the world. Think about how large and how much food comes from central California, that, that, those two uh, um, valleys. And my wife, Fran, and I, uh, you've heard me talk about myself and our motorcycle trips that we love to take. Uh, a number of them, even in cars, we have taken some of this trip from Bakersfield. We go across the Mojave Desert and go up to Bakersfield and straight up, you can either go up Highway 5 or Highway 99 and they kind of go like that. And um, anyway, and we have gone that way a number, number of times. And uh, we go, not quite all the way to Redding. I don't know, if, did, I, did I mention Redding? Or, yeah, to Redding. Uh, we, didn't, we haven't gone to Redding that way. We go up about, you know, 70, 80 miles or so and then go west, go over toward the coast, over the mountains. But a beautiful land, and we, we can vouch for a lot of the things that have been said in here. It is predicted that half a million acres of San Juan King Valley farmland will lie unused during the upcoming growing season. According to Brian Funch, a climatologist at the National Drought Mitigation Center at the University of Nevada, two-thirds of California is suffering extreme drought. Extreme drought. And I don't know where the natural place to put this in. I'll just put it in right now. Fran and I, have, like we said, we have gone up that. Five years ago, we went out uh, on our motorcycle to our uh, oldest granddaughter out there's uh, high school graduation. And about every, I don't know, Fran, what do you think, 15, 20 miles or so, you'd see a big billboard out here about how the drought is. They were blaming some of the drought, which was, anyway, they were blaming some of the drought on the government. <laughs> 
because, and, and it is, some of the government, some of it's what God, what we think God did, but uh, they, they were cutting off water to a lot of the farmers in that rich, fertile land because of some, uh, maybe environmentalists out here, some little fish, some valuable fish, was more important than, than, than human beings, and they were causing a man-made dust bowl in that portion. Two, uh, three years later, which was two years ago, we made the same trip, and uh, it was even worse. We, we actually saw orchards out here that were dead. I don't know whether they were, uh, um, I don't think they were avocados, but uh, either, either uh, olives or uh, almonds. See, yeah, I keep my wife back here for a purpose. Anyway, oh, but anyway, because they didn't have enough water, and the, and the trees actually died. I keep it for a lot of other things, too. <laughs> she takes care of me. Um, California Central Valley produces more than 250 crops. Grapes, raisins, garlic, tomatoes, carrots, asparagus, peaches, oranges, hay, alfalfa, walnuts, pistachios, walnuts, and almonds. And the list is almost endless. I'm not going to do the whole 250 of them. Um, the, I, the, the G.H. Boswell Company operates the largest single cotton farm in the world in Kings County, California, covering 40,000 acres. The area around Stockton, California, produces most of the nation's asparagus crop, and the Fresno area produces most of the country's raisins. That's where our speedometer cable went out on us, wasn't it, Fran, in Fresno on a motorcycle? Anyway, just this is an aside. Uh, with no end in sight, in with no end in sight to the California's drought, farmers in San Joaquin Valley fear officials could seize water in the San Luis, Res Luis Reservoir intended for their crops. The Fresno Bee reports that dropping reservoir levels across the state are leading to struggles over water set aside via the Central Valley Project, a feeder, or no, a federally run network of reservoirs, pumping plants, and canals. If the drought continues, we could possibly, very possibly, see water wars in California. So the subject's changing a little bit now. It says uh, California's debacle. Sometimes, you know, you can, you can, in the spokesman pub, you know, you'd have a problem, cause, solution. Well, this, this is kind of that way in a sense. We've talked about a problem, and here is possibly a cause. Didn't say that, but it just kind of comes out that way. California's de de decayance, I guess is what it is. California has embraced, no, has embraced its share of sins over the past decades. And he can say that because he lives in California. You know, so he, we can talk about Oklahoma, but don't let a Texan talk about us, you know. I can talk about, well, no, Reggie can talk about Texas because he's from Texas, but don't let me talk about Texas. Anyway, um, California is the first state to order gay history to be taught in schools. That's been going on for a little bit. Do you think I'm exaggerating, says Mr. LeBanc, that uh, when I say California leads America and it's drive toward embracing moral decay. Note at what is happening in the public schools in California. In 2012, 
Governor Jerry Brown signed SB 48, a new measure that mandates teaching gay, lesbian, or gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual individuals as role models. And while I'm on that, it wasn't very long ago that uh, our president's wife called some person, a professional athlete, uh, and, and congratulated them for, I guess, coming out of the closet. And not very long after that, just a few weeks ago, it seemed like, our president himself called, I think it was either a professional football player or a professional basketball player, and, and congratulated him and made the news. Congratulations, you, you know, you're going to be a role model. Um, mandates meaning teachers have to teach children about sodomite relationships. Have to teach, oh, Oh, teachers have to teach children about sodomite relationships, said Mr. LeBanc. Senator Mark Leno, Democrat and openly homosexual lawmaker, sponsored the bill USB 48. Textbooks, teachers, and school boards will be forced to promote homosexuality, same-sex marriages, bisexuality, transsexuality, sex exchange operations and cross-dressing as positive role models. They're going to have to do that. If I had a child in the California school system, I guarantee they'd be dropped. They would be dropped. We have people in here that homeschool their children and did an excellent job. I know a lot of people not even in the church. I would not put my children, I'm sorry California if you hear this, I would not put my children, if I ever came in contact, uh, full custody of my grandchildren in California and I live in California, they would not go to your perverted, twisted, demented uh, government schools. I'm sorry. Uh, and since we weren't on, maybe we, maybe we are live. I couldn't get some of the last couple of messages. Maybe, maybe the California won't hear me after all. But, uh, uh, where do I? as positive role models. The gay agenda is thriving in California. Law SB 48 allows a teeny minority of people to impose their sexual preference lifestyle or sexually perverse lifestyle models on all school children starting in kindergarten. And I've got to ask, and it's going to make me mad, I guess, if I find out, but I've got two daughters that live out in that area. Uh, and. Uh, I haven't really even touched that subject, cause I'm a, but I, I, am, I am next time I talk with them. Those of Gomorrah are pressing their agenda in California schools using the cloak of teaching anti-bullying or diversity. You know, we've got we to teach this. And, and, and anti-bullying, I'm, I'm against anti-bullying, but this is not the way, I'm sorry, to go about it since I'm an expert, right? And parents who oppose sodomite education in schools where, where their children attend are branded as bigots and, hagot, and haters, homophobes. A few years ago, the state judicial power embraced sodomite marriages. Okay, gay rights activists mounted a vigorous groundbreaking 
legal challenge to the decision by California voters in 2008, and I remember when this happened, who voted to support, voted in support of Proposition 8 that bans same-sex marriage. This is in California. I was so shocked that I didn't believe that Californians would do that, but Californians voted against same-sex marriages. The majority of Californians were against same-sex marriages, but were overruled by a judge ignoring, who ignored the majority decision of the voters, Cal Thomas, a sin, oh, this is not saying that. Cal Thomas, a syndicated columnist, wrote this at the time. The decision by a single openly gay federal judge to strike down the will of seven million Californians, tradition dating back millennia, not to mention biblical commands, which, and this writer saying that, which the judge decided in his capacity as a false god to also invalidate is judicial vigilantism equal to Roe versus Wade. Most, I just want to make sure I need, you know, I, I may cut out some of this, and, and I will, I know, close to the end, but most great powers unravel within unravel within. Most powers, most great countries unravel from within before invading armies, or in America's case, terrorists conquer them. No less a theological thinker than Abraham Lincoln concluded that our civil war might have been God's judgment for America's tolerance to slavery. This is what Abraham Lincoln thought. If that, if that were so, why should the Almighty, as Lincoln frequently referred to as God, stay his hand in the face of our celebration of same-sex marriages? So he's saying that if, if, if that is true, you know, why is God staying his hand, you know, from the same-sex marriage? Uh, I'll touch briefly on a couple more subjects and and uh, I, I won't touch on some of the others, you know, more world politics and things of that nature, Israel, Middle East, and all of that. But I will, here's another topic. America's abortion capital. Said so it's an old cliche, but it's true. As California goes, so goes the nation. We've heard that. And, and it's pretty well true, you know. We look down through the... 20 or 30 or 40 years that we've all been alive here, we've, we've noticed that to be true. A lot of it. It starts there and it comes in from New York and other places. California aborts more children than any other state by far, earning the epithet as the nation's abortion capital. There are a, there are a stupefying 512 abortion clinic providers in the state towering above New York State's 225 abortion providers. Leave it to California to expand the number of people who may perform abortion. As state, no, as states across the U.S. enact new laws restricting abortions, you know, a lot of, a lot of states want to restrict it, California lawmakers are on the verge of passing legislation that could generally expand the, pro the procedure by allowing nurse practitioners 
physician assistants, and certified nurse midwives to perform first trimester abortions. So and if that happened, if, if uh, Thalia, you know, our good friend, I should have mentioned her name over here, <laughs> you know, uh, last name, well, we'll go in that, but we know Ian's wife. <laughs> uh, if, if she lived in California, it, it, it's possible before too long that she could even commit an abortion, you know. It, it hasn't happened yet, hopefully it don't. 58% of women having abortions are in their 20s, young age. 61% have one or more children. 85% are unmarried. Okay, now we're going to another subject. Um, California leads the world in production of pornography. United States produces more than 80% of the world's pornography. And it is mainly created in the Los Angeles County area. More pornographic materials are, or movies, I'm sorry, more pornographic movies are filmed in the Los Angeles or San Fernando Valley area of California than anywhere else in the world. About 6,000 adult films are shot each year. The San Fernando Valley porn industry generates 10 to 15, or 10,000 to 15,000 jobs annually and has had 400 billion in annual sales, so a very big deal. And here comes uh, Stephen LeBlanc again. Certainly God will punish us for our sexual misconduct. Jer Jeremiah um, 5, 9. I don't think I'm going to read that. It's, it's a scripture on there. I don't think it's on my scripture list. Uh, could have had time. And he will not casually dismiss the blood on our hands. Abortion, Ezekiel uh, 7.23. And our passive acceptance of sodomite marriages, terrible national punishment lies just ahead of our people. Now, this is quoting Stephen LeBlanc. And we'll turn with me to uh, Leviticus 26, and, and he quotes this. I'm going to try to wind down before I get too deeply involved in some other things. There's a lot of, a lot of good material, but um, Leviticus 26 and verse 3 through 5. But God guarantees if we obey him, this Mr. LeBlanc quoting, if we will be, oh, God guarantees if we obey him, we will be blessed with rain in due season. And here, here goes the scripture. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and your threshing shall reach into the vintage, and the vintage shall reach into the sowing time. Prosperity, prosperity. Uh, and you shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. That's Leviticus 26, 13. And another quote, uh, he says, What's more frightening is that there is no sign in America whatsoever of the desire for national repentance. We don't see any sign in America overall that there's a sign of national repentance. Do you, do you, are you seeing something that I don't see either that he doesn't see? Oh. If you're winding down here in conclusion. 
you know, when we see these things come to pass and we're in the scripture in, in uh, Luke 21, 28, and I quoted a little bit ago, Matthew 24 and, and Luke 21, and, and you can read those if you want to, you know, rehash re, uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the sins, a lot of the things we're looking for, a lot of the signs, you know, they asked Jesus, what's going to be the sign of your coming and, and all of that, and here's, here's kind of along the tail end of it. And, and it may sound a little little negative, and it's not meant to be negative, because, uh, uh, like I said, this this is basically a heads up. Let's look, see what's going on. Let's let's realize that uh, things that, that that we thought, you know, my wife and I, and, and I know a lot of you in here too, many many years ago when we first came into truth and and started hearing these things, you know, Lawrence back in the fifties, and some of us in the sixties or seventies, you know. Uh, you know, we were looking every little county somewhere that, that was having a drought. Oh, yeah, let's get ready. You know, the kingdom of God's going to be here. The tribulation's going to start. We've got a, out in the panhandle of Oklahoma or maybe a little county down in Texas are having a drought or some bugs came along or it was too rain and the farmers couldn't plant. And, you know, way back 40, 50 years ago, we, we, we were watching these things. We were diligent about it. But, you know, you look through the years and, and see the escalation of what's happened over the years. Even our kids are up in their late 40s and 50s, you know. They even think that life is worse than it was. You know, they talk like old po folks, you know. It's, it's worse now than it was when we were kids. And you said it was bad then. But, uh, you know, we were looking at everything. But the thing is, before we, you know, I ask myself, how much can America take, even, even if God isn't taking us down right away? But you take uh, two, two boxers, whether they're lightweight or heavyweight or whatever, boxers up here boxing, they may not necessarily get a, a lot of knockout blows to the head, but they get a lot of body blows, you know, into the side and in the kidney area. And how long, you know, a lot of times, friend, I used to watch a lot of boxing, and, uh, uh, you know, the body blows really takes an effect on, on a person's body after a while. Well, in America, look at the floods we've had, the earthquakes we've had, the, the, the droughts we've had, and on and on and on. And I ask myself, how much more can we take? You know, is God holding this up or what? We're, we've been getting body blows for years. But anyway, uh, I want to zero down. Uh, Luke 21, verse 28 says, when you see these things, be real negative. Just be fearful. No, it doesn't say that. It says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up, like heads up, and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws near. So when things really, really look bad, look up. 